Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoig. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Behind the Books. Uh, we hope that you will enjoy this episode. It'll be a nice break from the summer heat. We have with us from our Twin Rivers branch, Megan Septak, and also nonfiction author Jeffrey Orens, whose debut book, The Soul of Genius, came out earlier this month. I know we enjoyed talking to both of them, and, and I think people are going to enjoy getting a chance to listen. I'll be very honest. I was very nervous to talk with Jeffrey Orens because of the science nature of his book, but it really is more about kind of the people behind the science. And um, I, I think it was really interesting talking to him about how he conceptualized it and what it was that um, brought this project to him. And then I was, of course, there was Megan from the Twin Rivers branch who I've always kind of been impressed with as the circulation supervisor and what she does um, with programs at the Twin Rivers branch. And we'll be back with our chat with Megan in a moment. We want to welcome everyone to this segment of the Behind the Books podcast, where we interview a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure of having Megan Septak, who is the Circulation Supervisor at the Twin Rivers Branch. Megan, thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you for having me. We've talked before to people from the Twin Rivers Branch. It's a, a nice, uh, nice little cozy spot right out on the edge of the county, right? Is it, do you get kind of like a nice feel for the, the patrons that come in there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not a tiny area. We're surrounded by townhomes and condominiums. So we have a fairly large population, but it feels like a very small community. You know, we get we get our regulars who walk in every day. We know everyone by name. We see all the kids that we recognize for the kids programs. And it it really is very nice. It's just got a, a nice sense of community. And that's one of the things that I love about being at Twin Rivers. So Megan, one of the reasons I was very excited that you agreed um, to the interview is that I think um, just kind of as we were chatting in the beginning, you're the circulation supervisor, but you also get to do um, some programs for the Twin Rivers branch. I do, yes. And I think that they are incredibly unique and innovative. Um, one of the ones I wanted to ask you about was the Spice Club that you've been doing this summer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, in in my trolling of many librarian resources and things, you know, Facebook groups, you find the most wonderful things on librarian Facebook groups. Um, I've been seeing spice clubs pop up across different libraries in the United States. So I was curious as to what it was. I looked more into it. And basically what it is, is 
you gather a number of spices and you're putting together a little brief history on the spice, um, some information for recipes, library resources. You know, you, you, you package them up fancy and you send them out to whoever is interested in the spice club. And the idea is, is they take these packets of spices, they go home, they make their recipes, they try them in the comfort of their own home. And then you come back and you meet and you discuss. So it's uh, doing well. We've had two meetings so far and it's going over quite well. So I'm very pleased with that. Was that something that you had an interest in yourself? And then you just said, I really enjoy spices, so I'm going to see if I can find out if it'll, it'll generate interest for a club? Or was it like you thought it would be something that people would enjoy, so you'd go right into it? Um, Both, actually. I love to cook, and I love um, herbs and spices. My herb garden is one of my favorite things. But um, I was looking for things that were a little bit outside of the box for programming this year, because we're just trying different things. So I figured, why not give it a shot? We'll see if there's any interest. And it's something that I love doing personally. So I've got a vested interest in it myself. So we'll see. And, and you mentioned, too, that you have your own spice garden. So is that the kind of thing that you guys, when you get together, you not only just talk about recipes and what you can make, but maybe growing your own spices and, and kind of generating them that way? Uh, yeah, we've been talking about a lot of different things, actually, at the meetings that we've had so far. We start out with what did everybody make and what were your thoughts, but then it kind of morphs into just a general discussion about who's cooking what, who's doing what with the different spices at home, what they've tried. And actually, last night's meeting kind of trailed off and I was talking about my, my herb garden quite a bit. So, yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the Spice Club, and there was mm -hmm. another program that I think you tried for the first time this year, which is a geocaching yes. um, activity. I came across, not library-related, actually, but on my own, geocaching, and I had absolutely no idea what it was. And I looked into it a little bit more, and I decided that it looked really fun and that I wanted to try it on my own. And I figured, why not? Let's let's see if it flies and go from there. And I talked to Parks and Recreation. So I talked to Mercer County Department of Parks and started with them to see if it would be an idea that they'd be willing to, you know, let us participate in. I was thinking maybe one or two parks and that would be it. But it it it's I've I've done the entire county. I started with East Windsor Parks. I have two parks in East Windsor, which is the first level. So we've got our two smaller parks here. And then I've got the three larger parks in Mercer County. I've got um, Mercer County Park, Mercer Meadows, and Bald Pate Mountain. Oh so there are GPS markers throughout all of the parks. It's not a traditional scavenger hunt. You're not going out and you're not finding treasure. You're just going out and you're finding GPS markers. But the idea is to just get people out exploring the resources that we have that they wouldn't necessarily have done otherwise. And if they get entered into a raffle and win a prize, so much the better. Well, Megan, we really do appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. I think it's great that you get to augment what you're doing at Circulation with um, with the ability to do the program. And it was absolutely lovely talking with you today. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you too. Welcome back, everyone, to Behind the Books. Thanks to Megan for taking the time to chat with us. Um, 
hopefully everyone gets a chance to check out some of those programs that she was talking about. Uh, remember that they're open to everyone. And you know what else is open to everyone, Bob? The summer reading program. So again, we are going to remind everyone that there is still time to sign up for the summer reading program, no matter what your age is. We will link to the, uh, we're doing the logs online this year. So there's a little online account that you can create to uh, keep track of your reading. And again, it's for kids, teenagers, adults, readers of all ages. And so we do encourage you uh, to still take advantage of the summer reading program to sign up and get your reading in there to win some prizes. And that program continues into August. So people can keep up, even if you haven't signed up yet. As we said, it's never too late. Doesn't matter. Get signed up. Yep. Get yourself signed up. <laughs> I do want to talk about some of the programs that we have coming up as well. Uh, for the adults out there, our summer reading programs theme is tales and tales, like like puppy tales and fairy tales. And uh, one of the two of the programs that we have coming up that are related to the theme on July 29th at 7 p.m. We have Howl Farm, it's history and heritage. And I'm really looking forward to this event. This is uh, going to be presented by local historian, Larry Kidder, who always just does a lovely job with his presentations. He's very knowledgeable. He's been a long time volunteer at the farm. So he is looking forward to this program as well as I am. And we hope to see you there as well. And then on August 9th, the Ewing Branch is sponsoring a virtual program. And again, this is open to everybody and it's on our, our video conferencing platform. Um, it's called BFFs, Man and Dog in the Classical World. And this is an interesting program where it talks about the characters of um, dogs in classical literature. And that again is on Monday, August 9th at 7 p.m. For our kids out there, we also have some programs that you can sign up for. On Monday, August 2nd at 7 p.m., we have an author visit by uh, Sadia Faruqi, uh, which should be, she's done, if you look at our YouTube channel, we've actually had um, some of the youth services librarians do profiles on her or do author studies on her. Um, has she done a trivia question, Bob? She did do it. She was one of the first people to do a trivia question for us as well. So she has just been a huge supporter of us and just been so willing to help us out. And so we do encourage you to register for that event to see her on our video conferencing platform as well. And then also on Monday, August 9th at 10.30 in the morning, uh, there is going to be an intro to classical Indian and Bollywood dance that you can take advantage of. So some fun things are coming up. We encourage you to look at our events program uh, on our, our website to see all the different things that are being scheduled. Just a friendly reminder that while we are doing virtual programs, the branches are going full force with programs outside and indoors. Uh, so take a look at our events calendar to see what's going on. And so with that, we are going to totally shift our direction and we have our interview with Jeffrey Orens coming up in just a moment.
Jeffrey Orens is a former chemical engineer and business executive with Solvay Chemical, who has written for several history publications and has an exceptional eye for overlooked gems in history. His debut book, The Soul of Genius, came out on July 6th. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to talk with you. And thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So it's just kind of interesting looking at your um, your background and, and you've taken on this authorship of this book. Maybe tell us a little bit about the book, The Soul of Genius. Sure, absolutely. The book itself is really centered on um, the convergence of a number of different brilliant scientific personalities uh, at a, uh, a conference called the First Save Conference on Physics in 1911. And it centers on a couple of things. First, um, the conundrum, the, the concern that scientists had in uh, the early 1900s about classical Newtonian physics uh, juxtaposed against quantum theory and how those two really didn't match up and how were scientists going to solve that particular concern. But beyond that, the book really is about the complex relationships yes. of all of these individuals. And so um, it's not just science. It's really about a, a very human story, human relationships, human successes and failures, human um, imperfections, as well as aspirations. So it's a, it's a combination of different things. I don't call it a science book. I call it a history book that has overtones of science to it. It, there's, you know, there's a biographical aspect to it, and and I would imagine you also had to do quite a bit of, of research that had to go into to going back and finding all the information that that's put into the book. No, no question. Um, I'd say it's it's really a a dual or maybe triple biography. Its its main characters are Marie Curie and Albert Einstein, but Ernest Salve is the one who sponsored these conferences also comes in for uh, an in-depth look related to his history um, in the chemical industry, and then why he moved from being the fantastically successful um, uh, industrial entrepreneur that he was to sponsoring these scientific conferences. There was a lot of research that went into this related to understanding not only Marie Curie and Albert Einstein, who basically have scads of books written about them and, and very interesting biographies in their own right. But understanding these three individuals and others who were involved in this conference really was a, a challenging research uh, situation for me. There's a couple of things I wanna to touch on there for because you it really is, and, and you said this, I mean, there is science in the book obviously, but it is more about the relationships. Like it reminded me of those books that I've read about talking about the expatriates, you know, like T.S. Eliot, Gertrude Stein, Fitzgerald, sure. you know, those relationships that were happening behind the scenes in that literary world. And this really talks about what was happening behind in the science world, um, which I think is how you, how it can be for those who are the non, like me, who are the non-scientists out there. Well, my, my hope is that uh, non-scientists yeah. uh, as much or more than scientists are gravitating to this type of narrative because of the personal relationships that are involved. Um, certainly, we have to talk about Newtonian physics to understand, well, what was classical physics before quantum theory? So that we can then see 
as Einstein and Max Planck and others were taking a look at the subatomic universe, how did this clash happen? So science certainly is a part of yes. what this story is about, but the true understanding of how science moves forward, I think has just as much uh, of an input from the relationships that are developing during this time period as the science that's uh, evolving. And so it's a, to me, a nice combination of those types of elements. And my hope is that people look at this, the soul of genius is really understanding that this story is about people as much as scientific concepts. Well, and you looked at, you used correspondence in your, like correspondence between the scientists in your research, is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I majorly centered on a particular bit of correspondence and journal entries that took oh. place um, in the 1910-1911 timeframe from a, a scientist who participated um, in the first Salve conference. It was a French scientist named uh, Marcel Briwan, but he had kept a journal related to a relationship that was going on between Marie Curie and a fellow French scientist named Paul Langvin. Um, Langvin and his wife uh, were in an unhappy marriage. Langvin was good friends with Briwan, and Briwan and his wife were understanding this relationship because um, Paul Langvin's wife was telling Briwan and his wife everything that was going on in the Marie Curie Paul Langvin relationship. Huh. So uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, I'd say, uh, covert uh, situations happening. And the correspondence that um, I was able to examine uh, basically gave some insight into uh, that relationship. This had to be a, a topic that was probably pretty pretty near and dear to you, right? I mean, what, what kind of drew you to, to putting this all together and, and deciding to write, write a book about this whole situation? Well, what's interesting is um, my angle was not the physics angle. I'm a chemical engineer by trade, but um, in my 40 years in the chemical industry, I worked for a time with uh, a company called Salve Chemical. Um, Ernest Salve had founded this company 150 years ago. Um, I got to understand the chemical side of things. And what's interesting is as you walk into many Salve offices um, around the country, the first thing that you see in many of the reception areas is a mural of a picture of the uh, 1927 Salve Conference on Physics. This is a, a conference that featured not only Marie Curie and Albert Einstein, but Niels Bohr and a number of other people who were um, debating with Einstein quantum theory and quantum mechanics. And as I saw that picture, it really drew me in to try to understand more about who are these personalities? Why were they meeting? What was the first Salve conference all about? And as I did some research and looked into those particular areas, I found this fascinating story that has many individuals, many relationships, and uh, this burning question about 
classical physics and how it could be reconciled with quantum theory. And to me, it jumped out as a, a great story to tell. Bob has a note in here that that is often referred to as the most intelligent picture ever taken. Is that correct? That's that's right. The 1927 <laughs> conference, and, and it's, a, it's a great point, um, 29 individuals were present and 17 of them had won or were about to win Nobel Prizes. So you're talking about a high IQ level here at this conference. And it's interesting um, that about 60% of the conference attendees would win Nobel Prizes, but the, the whole idea of this conference was to gather together this type of elite brain power. Not hundreds of people, but let's get the cream of the crop to take a look at the most pressing problems that science is facing, and then try to determine what sort of experimentation should we do to understand how to solve these problems. Salve not only sponsored these conferences, but after the first conference, he was convinced that he needed to philanthropically sponsor an institute called the Salve Institute of Physics that was going to take a look at how do we develop experiments to solve these problems. He put up a million Belgian francs, his own money, for the initial uh, institute work on experimentation. And this developed into something that's ongoing to this day. The Salve Institutes of Physics and Chemistry support experimentation on the leading edge of science, trying to solve problems that these, this elite group would come together and discuss. So it's been um, something that developed out of a gathering of the most intelligent and continues to this day uh, in that type of uh, format. And then um, just to kind of go back to your book, when you were doing your research, was there anything that kind of, I guess that you weren't expecting to find or something that was surprising or like an aha moment in your research? Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's interesting um, in, in taking a look at the scientific community at that time, what I, I really saw that um, surprised me was the siloed nature of um, the uh, different countries in terms of their approach huh. to science. And when I say siloed nature, back in the early 1900s, there were two things that were very obvious. One was, if you didn't speak the language of that particular country, it was difficult to understand what was going on in the German community, in the French community, in the English community. Interesting. Um, so there was a language barrier. But the other thing that was um, very strong in, in that uh, early uh, 1900, 1910 time period was the nationalism that um, permeated the overall scientific community. The Germans felt their science was the best. The French were very proud of their scientific approach. The English said they were tops. You know, Oxford and Cambridge and uh, those particular institutions led in scientific investigation. So what was surprising to me out of that was if you were a French person, a scientist, you might not know that Albert Einstein in 1905 had written four papers in German that were published in a German scientific journal that stood science on its head. 
special theory of relativity, um, investigation of the quantum theory, those types of things all written in German. If you didn't read German, you didn't even know what was going on at that time. Right. So, you know, this siloed approach was broken down by conferences um, like the Salve Conference that had international or European at least um, uh, cross-fertilization. So Germans, French, uh, English, these people all met at this conference. And to make the conference work, you needed to have a facilitator who could speak all the languages. And Salve picked the best, a guy named Heinrich Lorentz, a Dutch physicist who was multilingual and well-respected by the entire European scientific community. So as one person was giving a presentation in German and a Frenchman didn't understand it, Lorenz, who was the facilitator, would turn to that person in, and speak in French to that person and say, here's the summary of what the German individual just spoke about. He had the uh, ability to quickly not only translate, but understand the scientific concepts so that he could have an ongoing dialogue in French, in German, in English with all of the participants if they were confused by what was going on. It was, it was an amazing conference in that regard. One last thing I wanted to, to ask you about was, obviously you, you must've put a ton of time into doing all this research. And as you were doing it, did you come across um, like other topics perhaps that might lead to you like, boy, this is very interesting. Maybe I'll write a book about this. Or, or did you come across things that, that, you, that might lead to you kind of going down a whole different avenue with, with some other kind of, of a book down the road? Well, I, I didn't really hit the types of things that interested me enough to move down that path. But, but what it did cement in my mind was that this juxtaposition of characters and personalities in and of itself is intriguing. And if you get the right moment in time, you can have personalities and events that are in and of themselves tremendous ideas for, for uh, books in the future. And the reason I say that is the Salve Conference in and of itself wasn't something that I particularly felt was um, worthy of a book as much as the personalities that all came together at the conference and the backstories as well as what was going on at that time as well as what happened um, in the aftermath of that event. So to me, the juxtaposition of the personalities, the timing in terms of them uh, meeting each other and what they discussed and what came of it really was book worthy. And those are the types of things that I'm looking for in the future related to next steps. To draw people in to a point in time that has those types of components. Jeffrey, thank you so much for talking with us today. We've been talking with Jeffrey Orens about his book, The Soul of Genius, which came out on July 6th. Um, we wish you the best of luck uh, with this book as well as any future endeavors. And I really do encourage our readers to, to check out The Soul of Genius. And it really is such a unique look at such a poignant time in our history. Thank you for having me on. Uh, this was a, a great opportunity to talk about the book. 
Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up another episode of Behind the Books. Uh, thanks to Jeffrey Orens for taking the time to talk to us, and also Megan Septak as well. Um, I thought that when we talked to Megan, I was very impressed with the way that she's kind of gone outside the box a little bit to come up with some uh, different kind of programs. Uh, the geocaching was something that, I don't know, I would have never thought of anything like that, but she's done it and it's pretty popular. And I know, uh, you know, the SPICE program is another one that's pretty popular. And then with, with Jeffrey, I think you alluded to it in our opening, Anna, that we both went into it a little worried because of the science nature. You and I talking to a chemical engineer wasn't really something that we were overly prepared for, but he was so great. It was just, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he told us, we were really impressed in talking to him. I think one of the things talking with um, Jeffrey about his book, uh, The Soul of Genius, was just that you could hear his excitement about it and how much it meant to him uh, writing that book. And I'm excited about it because it really is the story behind everything. Um, and just kind of, I'm going to, I was thinking about maybe trying to link to that picture that we talked to where we, it was considered the most intelligent picture in the world um, to see if I can find a copy to link that to in our show notes so people could kind of see what we were talking about because it really is an impressive show of people. And then with Megan, um, again, she has the excitement. She's willing to try new things. Uh, I, I think one of the things I really appreciated about the conversation with her was her title is circulation supervisor. So, I mean, she's working with that circulation crew, you know, when they're checking in books, checking out books, pulling books for patrons, et cetera. But she gets to augment that with doing programs. And um, I think that that's really using the human resources at the Twin Rivers branch very smartly. I think, as you said, Anna, I really enjoyed talking to both of them. Uh, they both gave us some insight that, you know, maybe beforehand we didn't know much about. Like, I have to admit, I didn't even know what geocaching was before we talked to Megan, but now I have a good feel for that. And in talking with Jeffrey and, and hearing the excitement, you know, that he got in doing his research on Marie Curie and Albert Einstein and the whole uh, conference and every all the research that he did, you could just, as you said, sense his excitement with the project and, and able to write his first first book. Um, I think people are going to enjoy it if they sit down and take the time to read it. So we do want to thank uh, Jeffrey Orens, the author of The Soul of Genius. And we do want to thank Megan Septek again from the Twin Rivers branch for taking the time to talk to us uh, and sharing their stories. And Bob, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Anna, I'm also looking forward to getting back to doing this in a couple of weeks. I know people are going to be excited with what we have lined up for August. But until then, we'll see you around the library. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narosik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your host are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk.